Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate, and I'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you. I don't have it all figured out, but one thing I know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like. One of the best parts about homeschooling with sisters by your side is the encouragement and support you receive, especially when trying something new. My friend Jessica from the Waldock Way is so enthusiastic about my continuing this podcast that she's partnering with me to bring you every single episode of the podcast this season. I would not have been able to do this without Jessica and her family, and I am so glad that I get to partner with and share a homeschool business that I use and love. The Waldock Way brings you unique resources that help to ignite a love of learning in your children. Their products encourage you to follow your children's lead and to learn alongside them every single day. Waldock Way unit studies are so engaging. Every single one includes games and even YouTube videos to help your child learn and have fun in the process. Yes, Jessica is a friend and a homeschool sister. She's also an amazingly creative educator who creates products perfect for my family and for yours. As a thank you for joining me in this new season, Jessica is generously offering our listeners 15% off everything in the shop with the code SISTERS15. Just head to thewaldockway.com. Again, Sisters listeners will get 15% off everything in the Waldock Way shop with the code SISTERS15. Learn more at thewaldockway.com. Hey sisters, Kate here. I am really excited to share this episode with you because we frequently hear from sisters out there who are in really hard seasons. And when we talk about a hard season, it might just be a month, like the month of February, which we've talked about before, or it may be a year or multiple years. Kara and I met Laurel through email prior to COVID, and we've been corresponding off and on since then. It was really great to sit down with her in person. I'm honored that she shared her story with all of the sisters out there. One of the things I loved about this conversation is that Laurel takes a difficult situation and can see all of the positives that come from it and maintain an amazing sense of humor throughout. I think this conversation is a testament to the value of community and the value of asking for help and admitting that we're in hard seasons and then seeing the silver linings that come out of it. I do also want to note that this episode was recorded in early February on the coldest day of the year here in New Hampshire and my Wi-Fi was giving us a real tough time. I tried to clean it up as much as I can but I hope you can listen despite the audio glitches because the words are gold and let's get into it. Hey Laurel. Hey Kate. How are you? you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Good. I'm excited. I'm excited too. We were saying before we came on, we've been communicating for a few years now, Kara and I and Laurel off and on. And I feel like I know you, but this is the first time I'm seeing you face to face and hearing your voice. So it's nice. And I'm excited that you agreed to come on and share your journey and your family with us. So thank you. I'm excited to get to be an official part of the sisters for a moment. (laughs) Could you tell us a little bit about your family and how you got started on your homeschool journey? Sure. We, I have a stepson who's grown and we did not homeschool and he actually is the dad. So I get to be grandma now. She'll be a year in March. So fun. Congratulations. And I have 
Thank you. It's fun. Then I get, I have three kids that we homeschool, 13, 12, and nine. And we started homeschooling in 2017. And because we were unhappy with the public school where we were living. And so I knew nothing about homeschooling. I was, God threw me into it and (laughs) I learned as I went. And I made a lot of mistakes at the beginning, thinking that it had to be school because I went to public school and learned a lot that first year and continue to learn a lot every year. I don't know if my kids are learning anything, but I certainly am. I think they're learning a ton. <laughs> and it is so that first year, you you are just flying by the seat of your pants, especially if it wasn't something you planned to do and you just find yourself there. I bought the curriculum set, like everything, the lesson plan. So every 15 minutes of our day was planned and everybody was miserable. And the one thing I did write is I went to a homeschool conference and sat in on one by Julie Bogart and learned all things that I could be doing instead of what I was doing. Oh, that's great. I've never been to one <laughs> to this point. Really? Oh, yeah. It's not- Kara and I were supposed to speak at the Virginia conference, but then COVID happened. So that <laughs> I think we were in March, April or March of 2020. That didn't happen. What I know there's no typical day in homeschools, but what is your rhythm like? Like, what does homeschooling look like in your world? So, we start our mornings. I get up with my husband and try to have some coffee before the kids wake up. And then it's getting him out the door, everybody up. We've got uh, some farm animals here. So, everybody gets to take care of their animals. And then I have some time to exercise while they practice musical instruments and things like that. And then we have a morning time. And that's more of our Charlotte Mason-y subjects that we do. So the, the American history book, that's often a fiction book. We always have a religious book of some kind, like Hiding Place or something like that. And so we do those subjects that we all do together. Then we have lunch and our table time work where everybody's got their math book and things like that. And so then it's clean up and whatever we have left of our day, try to do some more fun things together and games and stuff like that. So that's what a typical day usually looks like. Do you do any online learning or co-ops, anything like that? We have a co-op. We don't do anything online that's scheduled. So we will do Read Aloud Revival membership or Nana, which <laughs> we'll talk about them later or Squilt or something like that. And in different seasons, we get away from those too. You know what I mean? In the summer, we do very little online. And in the winter, when we're stuck inside, we'll do, we'll pull up more Nana or a writing class from Read Aloud Revival and things like that. But we do have a co-op that meets for eight weeks every other week, twice a year, so 16 weeks total. What has been the most surprising or your favorite part of homeschooling, would you say? You warned me about this question, but I didn't, <laughs> I don't know, all of it surprising to me like every day Relatable. I learn something new yeah and growing up I just I didn't think about homeschool I think you've talked about this before too it just wasn't in my universe and as an adult it wasn't ever an option I considered for educating my children just because it wasn't in my universe and so I think the most surprising thing is how much you can really own not only your own education, but also your children can own their education. And that's just 
I mentioned, I went to that conference and learned all the things I'd done. But I also realized that the one thing that I had thought I had done wrong when we first started homeschooling, I started homeschooling August 1st, because then if I was horrible at it, I could still sign them up for public school. I love that. (laughs) But it was like 105 degrees and our air conditioning wasn't working. And I was like, this is awful. And so I didn't make them do any work because we were all dying. And so we sat in front of the fan and turned on the Olympics. (laughs) And I thought, and so I made like unit studies out of the Olympics. Like I made them choose a sport and they had to give a little presentation on it. And my son, who was like five at the time, he made an Olympic torch out of Legos. And my daughter ran around in her leotard with the ribbon to do the ribbon gymnastics, like the rhythmic gymnastics thing. And I thought, okay, that was a wasted week. But then I realized they remember that to this day, studying the Olympics when we really just sat in front of a fan and watched TV all day and called it school. I love that. (laughs) That was actually one of my, yeah, that was one of my actual wins for the year. And it, At first, I thought it was my biggest failure of the year, and it was the opposite. So I guess that's the most surprising thing is they're learning, and you might think that you phoned it in that week, but then that's the week they remember the most and learned the most. That sounds like a core memory that they're going to remember always. And the Olympics, they're so fun to watch, and there's so much learning that can happen just watching them. Just the geography alone, just with that country, where is it? It's making me laugh because when we were watching the Olympics, I think our first Olympics when we were homeschooling, one of my kids... Someone said, where's Paris? And one kid answered New York. <laughs> I was like, no, Paris is not in New York. And I was like, I'm failing geography. <laughs> but so that's what I think of when I'm thinking of learning with the Olympics. I'm like, oh, no, we need to go back and do a little bit more map work or something. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about and why I'm so happy that you're coming on is that we get a lot of sisters out there who are going through rough homeschool seasons. Sometimes it can just be a month, like it could be February, which we've talked about before, or it could be an entire year or an entire like couple years, really. And you have experienced a tough season and I'd love to talk to you about it. Sure. Yes. Not to go too much into that because take up too much time, but in November of 2019, in my annual exam, I was 42 and I was told that I didn't need a baseline mammogram. And I just said, who wants a mammogram? But I could not get over the fact that, no, I want a baseline. And they're like, no, you don't need one until you're 45. But anyway, I insisted for whatever reason. And by February of 2020, I was in the chemo chair. I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer and had a tumor that was five centimeters on my left side that my annual exam had not caught. So I will start this with saying, I'll get them. <laughs> listen to your gut, listen to what God is telling you to do and get your annual exams and your mammograms. So that's the, my PSA for this. Mm-hmm. But, and so in February, when I was told I was already stage three sitting in the chemo chair, I kind of, I had my moment of absolute sheer panic and said, I don't think I can homeschool my three kids during all of this. And so I reached out to you and Kara, and you sent it into the sister verse. 
and I came up with all kinds of ideas and help and it was and just encouragement and it was amazing. But I also so I started chemo and I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this. They're just going to have to go to public school for the rest of the year. Right. And then COVID hit <laughs> and there was no public school. <laughs> Take that off so the table. Like, no, no, no. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So I had no choice. Basically, again, I was forced into homeschooling during this hard season too. And we learned a ton. And so the one thing, the key thing was books and what the kind of books surprised me. We were in the RIR, the Read Aloud Revival membership, and they were reading Lauren Bill's Wilder. And so we were too. And when all of this happened, we were on the long winter and I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> what a book to read right now <laughs> during COVID and cancer and everything mm-hmm. else that's going on. But it ended up opening up so many good conversations because we, I just sat there and said, do we have any favorite books where the main character doesn't go through something really difficult? And it helped my kids tremendously to think, oh no, like our literature friends, Harry Potter and Anne Shirley and Laura Ingalls Wilder. And we had some the Green Ember books, the rabbits, they all go through horrible things and hard things. And it teaches you how to get through those things and you love them for it, right? Mm -hmm. So we couldn't think of a single book where the main character just had it easy breezy and uh, we wanted to read more about them. It just like, didn't exist. And so books was a huge one for us. And then we also received gifts from a lot of people in the online courses universe. And so we became huge Nana fans. Love Nana. <laughs> she was great. We love Nana. She's wonderful. And I was looking through what we had done with Nana, like pictures and stuff. And I ended up loving Nana. I don't really consider myself an artist. I don't really like glitter or anything, (laughs) but I loved and chalk pastels. I am an artist. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine it it is like a stress reliever. Like Nana's so calming. And then to do some art when you're going through this challenging time, I just, I could see that being a good coping strategy. And so Nana and Cindy West with No Sweat Nature Study and Miss Mary with Squilt, those three were our big ones. And they, because it was COVID when I was going through all my cancer, they were doing a bunch of things together. And so that was really neat too. And so the music and the art and the nature study, we lived in the middle of a forest back then. It was beautiful, but I couldn't do much. And so outside wasn't even open to us all the time. And those three really helped. And yeah, it was a stress reliever. And just, I was looking back through the pictures and we did a hymn study in the garden with Nana. And I saw that my drawing, we all drew ourselves walking in the garden with Jesus and my drawing, the the woman had hair. And I was like, oh, (laughs) 
because <laughs> I was bald at the time that I drew it. And I was like, oh, look at me. I drew myself with long hair. And so it, it must have been cathartic. Looking back, yeah. even I forgot some of the things that I was feeling at the time. But yeah, we live in such a great time to be able to access all of these things over the internet. And the creativity that came out of especially those early days of COVID where nobody knew what was happening and people had to pivot. There was just, it was such a hard time, but then there's, you can see these really positive things that came out of it too, I think. Yes. And I was so grateful that we were already homeschooling and already knew homeschool universe before COVID hit because, you know, my friends that didn't know I said, this is not homeschooling. You have the worst of both worlds. You don't control your curriculum or your schedule or, you know, your days, but yet your kids are with you all the time. (laughs) So this is not. Most of my friends have kids in public school and they were all like, okay, you must've been prepared for this. And I was like, no, this is the absolute worst. (laughs) This is not what homeschool looks like at all being stuck here at the house all the time. The worst was they closed our trails for a period of time because people who people who were bored that didn't necessarily like nature were going into nature and leaving garbage and stuff, just being like dopes. So they closed our trails for a period. And that's when I like of everything with COVID, that was the day I lost it. I was like, they closed the, ch- I can't go hiking. How can you ruin nature? Take it away from us. When you were talking about reading stories that have care. It would be really boring to have a book with a character with a perfect life, I think. I think about this a lot with play and how kids will act out heavy things that are going on. And there were studies during the Holocaust, and I forget the name of the play researcher, but they looked back at what kids were playing during the Holocaust and the parents were trying to cheer them up. And so they were trying to play like cheerful games and change the mood. But the kids were playing dark and stormy games that had to do with like illness and death and all these things. And they that they were thinking that it was their way of processing these really hard emotions and that it was like a healthy way for them to cope with like an uncontrollable situation. I just always, I always think of that. It's not the same at all, but when COVID first hit and um, my husband was, he's works in the ICU. So he was directly with patients. My kids would have, they have Beanie Boo ICU and they were playing. I was watching their play and I was like, this is dark and sad. But then I thought back to those studies and it's just, that's, it helps. I think the stories we read and the play and it helps us process things and be prepared for life events that we're not going to see coming. Great. And I was afraid of the same thing that like, this would be too dark or too heavy for them to be reading about all these characters that might die, or we were reading The Hiding Place, and that's about the Holocaust really happened. And but they loved it. It helped them not feel alone, especially during COVID when we're alone. And, (laughs) and it just really gave us a sense of hope. And also just seeing how others coped with family and faith and, and it just, it helped. And we read a lot. It's amazing what a book can do and how when you have a hard season and you rely on those things that you are used to doing, it can carry you through like the books, the books alone could just be your homeschool. And when, if you're in a rough season, you could just read or just watch the Olympics. Like any kids are really good at learning despite the circumstances. And later on during my treatment, fall, I had radiation and the radiation appointments themselves were only 15 minutes, but they were every day for six weeks. 
and where we lived was two hours from the radiation center. So that's four plus hours in the car. And so every day, and so there it was just audiobooks. And I'd never really been a fan of audiobooks because I don't, I, my brain goes half a million places other than the book. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> I same way. See it. Yeah. But I became a fan of them because of just sheer necessity. But our audiobooks in the car, my kids loved that season. <laughs> we just listened to audiobooks, Story of the World, The One and Only Ivan, just so many books in the car. And we knew our Frosties afterwards were $7.11 because we got the same Frosties after every <laughs> appointment and then went home with our audiobooks and our Frosties in the car. And they just loved every bit of that six weeks and learned a lot just by listening to books. We almost did nothing else besides a math worksheet here and there. I love that. And I think it's going to be reassuring for people out there listening who are going through their own type of hard season to know. I always think we've had Shauna Winger on the podcast a bunch of times. We call her our cousin. And she used to talk about, so she used to have a lot of therapies that her kids would go to. So there was a lot of time and she lives in Southern California and there's a lot of traffic. So that she spent a lot of time in the car and she always said, and now she has kids that are older and she's graduated one. So it's always reassuring to hear from someone who sent one out into the wild successfully. But she used to always say like an audiobook in the car and some ice cream, like, that's homeschooling. If that's the best you can do, then it's good enough. And it worked out. And I can say that for six weeks, that's just about all we did was Frosties and audiobooks. <laughs> and they'll remember it always. What would you say to moms and dads and family members out there who are trying to homeschool during a challenging season? I would say that just focus on your strengths. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. And even when you don't feel like you have any strengths, whether it's because you're ill or you're moving. And so all of your stuff is packed and inaccessible or whatever the hard season may be, just stick to your strengths. And for us, books and our friends and things, those were our strengths. And so we stuck to those. And, and that is another thing. Don't try to do it alone. It's very hard, at least it is for me to reach out for help. And so in my moments of panic, when I reached out to you guys, when I sent that email, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have sent that like that. I shouldn't have bothered them with it. But then it did. It introduced me to people like Nana and the things that we ended up needing and needing more than I even thought I did at the time, because I didn't know that COVID was coming. Like our friends, I didn't want to bother them, especially then once COVID hit, everybody was running grocery stores and things like they had their own families to worry about and take care of. But our co-op, which ended up getting canceled the last two meetings in March, they still, a lot of moms would meet in the parking lot of the church where the co-op met. And every week at co-op time, and give somebody, one of my friends, freezer meals. And so every week I would get a ton of freezer meals delivered to us. And oh my gosh, that was huge. And even friends that knew us knew like lunch is the, I think the worst part of the day for homeschool moms. Cause it's like, you just 
breakfast. Like I haven't even put the eggs away in the fridge yet. How could you be hungry already? Exactly. And so when you're sick and can't eat anything yourself and it turns your stomach, like lunch is like the worst part of the day because go figure your kids still want to eat. And uh, I had one friend that just brought like prepackaged food, like snacks, the baby carrots and the yogurt and the just chips and stuff that they could then grab and feed themselves without needing me to do it. And so that was huge. It wasn't like some gourmet meal. It was just snacks off the grocery shelf, but they were huge. They were such a blessing. And, and friends would just come take my kids and take them on the hikes that I couldn't. And so don't try to do it alone either. And even though homeschooling can seem very isolating because it's just you and your kids and your house, your four walls all day, there are sisters out there, even if you haven't met them in person like you and Kara for me. And, you know, it, I couldn't have done it without my people that came and fed us and cared for us. And I told you one friend, she knew that we did pizza in a movie every Friday night. That was one of our family traditions. And so she would just deliver Papa Murphy's, a take and bake pizza to my husband's law office. And most Fridays, she did that so many Fridays. And so she wasn't cooking anything, but she was thinking of us. And it, my kids still remember all of this. On my chemo days, they would look forward to going with friends and the people that would care for them. So when I would say, okay, I've got chemo tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Glad you're excited. About it. <laughs> oh, but it just goes to show like the positives that come out of challenging experiences too. And it's so nice to have when you shared that story with me over email to have your community rally around you to reach out and ask for help when it's not something that's comfortable for you. And then to have people keep showing up, not just at the beginning, because I feel like a lot of times when things happen, the beginning is like this influx, which is wonderful. But then as it goes on, kind of peters out or it can. So it just, and how simple it is to just help someone with a pizza. Like you don't have to cook the lasagna and freeze it and do all of that, but everybody loves a pizza and you're just providing that consistency. I just love it. So kind. It was. And I, it, they weren't giant gestures. They weren't like huge amounts of money or huge gourmet meals it was just thoughtful and it was consistent. It kept happening because yeah, there were so many surgeries and years of hard season and, and also not doing it alone and asking for help and allowing others to help in very specific ways. It also, that ended up teaching. It was an education for us too. And so my kids, I'm going to cry my kids know how to help somebody. And so they are so good now about, oh, we should take them some eggs, or we should take them a meal, or we should take them a treat, or we should pray for them or help them in some way or have them over. And and we have moved since that time. So our tribe is 2000 miles away now. But because we learned from them, and we now know how to help somebody, even if they're not asking for it, we can see those signs. My kids, I think, have made friends easier and have our neighbors, they have already gotten to know them so well. You know, our elderly neighbors, they just, they know what they need. 
And they learned that during our hard season. And so that that's an invaluable thing that I did never expected to gain from cancer either. It's just the ability to be there for other people. And I think that's a huge blessing and that my kids have learned during their own hard season is how to give to people. Definitely. And that is academics are important, but that's so much more important, just the life skills that they've learned and the experience that they've gained from that. And when they have friends in the future that go through hard times of whatever sort, they'll just, they'll be able to draw from that experience. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. They have a compassion and a way of caring for people that they didn't have before and they wouldn't have if it wasn't for what we went through. No. So how are you now? They never like to tell you that you're cancer free, right? They always have to to keep you coming, but I am, I only have to go to oncology every three months and I don't have any surgeries on the horizon, which is huge. So I feel good. And uh, yeah, I feel like we've entered into the season of giving back and helping others that are going through hard seasons because we can speak from experience as to how to get through it with hope and even a little bit of joy. (laughs) I love that. And what a year to have all of that happen. I know. In some ways it was horrible because I had all these people lined up that were going to fly in and help take care of me. And only one of them was able to come. And even then it was huge. She had to put on a mask and get on a plane. And that's scary. She means a lot to me that she did that and helped. And yeah, you don't want to talk about weird things. Try having a plastic surgery appointment over zoo or over the internet. It's so weird. <laughs> you don't ever get naked in front of a computer. And now I'm <laughs> naked. In front of a oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh yeah. It's one of those things. Like, so it's like, I can't believe it. Kids <laughs> don't have tried this. Yeah. So there were weird things, but then there were also nice, nice things. It was so hard telling the kids, I don't know if I'll be able to go to co-op. I don't church. We'll see. Then there wasn't co-op and there wasn't church and it wasn't my fault. (laughs) (laughs) So so there were so many challenges and, but yeah, everybody, we had to quiet down because of my cancer, but the whole world quieted down and insulated. And so you can find blessings in anything. That just like exudes from you that there's joy in it despite the other junk going on. And I love that you advocated for yourself. And I love that the timing happened before the shutdown because I know there's been so many people who had health issues that were del- that were delayed because of everything that happened, that they diagnoses and whatnot that they were waiting for. And I think Everyone out there should take a lesson. We've had a few members of the homeschool community, online homeschool community in the last year or so be diagnosed with breast cancer with no family history. And so I know it's something that people are thinking about. And you just, if you have a gut feeling, check it out. Even if someone says you're fine, take take it again to a second person. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wasn't that old and I didn't, I kept up with my annual exams and didn't have any pain or lumps or anything. And it was there and it was, it had been there for a long time. So I was definitely blessed that God wouldn't let me forget it and, (laughs) 
got in, got it done and then had the care that I did. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing with us for your journey and your challenging season. Cause I know that people are going to be listening and you're going to do, I love the bit of advice to just do what you're good at, because I think you have this tendency to think what you're not covering. If you're not a science person and you're going through a hard season, it's not the time to do the dissection the right. lab or something like right. you can do it later. And I think during COVID we had like a lot of anxiety around it with one kiddo. And we spent that whole year just basically in the woods, except for that shorter period of time where it was taken away from us. <laughs> we were just, and we really didn't do a lot of math. We didn't do, we read, but we didn't do much else. We were happy if we read a book. And then some days we were just outside until dinner and it was just what we did to get by. And they're, they're fine. They made right. it through and they're fine. Yeah. We did but, some math worksheet, but and we're still catching up, but Again, like our catching up, they're still so far ahead because we teach, we don't move forward unless they've got it. So yes, we're behind if you look at like grade levels, but we're not. They know it before we move on. And and yeah, science, I'm not a good science person. And so I did panic a little bit, especially during that year that we're just not getting the science. And then I realized they're doing their, they got KiwiCo boxes from their grandparents for Christmas. And so those would come every month. And so they're building and my daughter had radish. And so she's doing math and baking and all the time. And they're still learning, even if, and we were outside as much as I could be and with friends. And so they're getting science, even if it's not necessarily from you. <laughs> yeah, they are. All those nature walks when your friends would take them. Yes. Yeah, that was science. You were just outsourcing. Yes. <laughs> nature walks, and animals and everything. It all counts. It definitely does. Yeah. The farm animals alone, that's the, you've got living science there at the house that you don't realize <laughs> If you had to describe your current homeschool year with one word or two words, how would you describe it? I would say growing. We are growing closer to people in our new community. We are growing a lot more as far as farm animals and gardens and all of that because we live in a little bit better climate than Northern Idaho. I would say growing we are definitely growing in a lot of different areas. So that's the word I would use for this year. That's a great word. I'm going to switch to our rapid fire, which is something new we're doing this year. Coffee or tea? Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Nature walk or documentary on the couch? I'll be honest, probably documentary on the couch. There's no judgment here. I love a good documentary. Up before the kids or let me sleep? Before the kids. I like my rest, but I like that time when they're not awake yet too. The moment with your coffee. Video games, yes or no? No. It would just be another fight because I know that they would be enjoyed a lot. So we've just tried to keep them away, at least not in these walls. And what is bringing you joy right now? Okay. So I've been looking forward to this question, but I couldn't decide between two. Oh, you can pick one two. is Cardinals. 
Okay. So I have two. One is cardinals. We don't have them in Idaho. And since we have some snow on the ground here, they have been so pretty. It's just these bright red birds against the white and gray background. And we had nine of them on our feeder yesterday. And they just are so beautiful. They're just, they're bringing me joy. They are so pretty. I actually just this morning in Neverboard Learning, so we're doing, we're studying birds this month and I'm giving away a bird feeder because we do it like a giveaway and I'm giving away one of those window bird feeders because I'm obsessed with them and I have them all over the house. And a mom told us this morning that she, they've been joking about getting some for her house because they have one cardinal who sits on their windowsill in the morning and pecks on the window and we'll talk with them. Like they hang out. They have a moment through the window all the time. And I was like, those, some birds have such fun personalities. <laughs> so maybe one of yours we will come peck birds. on your window skills. Okay. I'll have to do that. And my second is, is the TV show called The Chosen. And it's hard to find family TV shows for us all to watch and us all to enjoy. They're either so cheesy that my husband and I can't stand them. (laughs) And we're just on our phones while we're watching it. Or it's not appropriate for our kids. And so the TV show, The Chosen, whether you're religious or not, it's just a really good show. And we all find it entertaining. And we'll pause it and say, was that in the Bible? Did that actually happen? Or my kids will say, Oh, pause it. I think I know who he is a character that has been introduced. And so it's been really great for our family and our faith. And it's just bringing me a lot of joy. So the TV show and the Cardinals. That's great. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much for coming on to sisters. And it was so fun to talk to you and meet you officially in real life <laughs> as much as really life as Zoom can be. <laughs> but just thank you so much. It was yes, great to chat with you. And of Kate, course. I have to ask you what's bringing you joy right now. Oh, what's bringing me joy right now? I today, honestly, the fireplace. <laughs> because it's so cold here. It's going to get down like negative 15, I think tonight, which is cold for New Hampshire. And it's just windy. I don't need, I feel like my microphone's going to pick it up, but you can just hear. It's very cozy feeling being in the house. I told you before I had to go out this morning and it was like total bananas. And I was so happy to come back and just feel like I can hear the wind and the wind chimes and not have to go out again today. And that and the fact that it's Friday, I think are our mind. Yes. Thanks for asking. Friday and fire. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. Hey, sisters. Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now, does that mean it's going to be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards, and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. 
Neverboard Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Neverboard Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Neverboard Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q&As, monthly day-in-the-life family spotlights, and an ever-growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and print-and-play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one, filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL community forum. It's my favorite way to start the day, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's N-E-V-E-R-B-O-A-R-D-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G.com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day game school kickstart, which you can find on mylittlepoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Game Schooling 101. I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.